It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast with your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. Take a seat at the table and join the conversation as David, Kevin, and their guests discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology to song selection. Feel free to poke fun at David's hair, talk football, or bring up other topics that have nothing to do with worship. We want to add your voice to the conversation. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Or just head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop a note in the comments section of any episode. And now, it's time for the show. Hey, hey, hey. Hello, hello. It's another beautiful day for an episode of the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. And boy, do we have an episode for you. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we are like super stoked because oh we just goodness. finished up this interview with Paul Balash. Oh, I'm like on cloud nine, yeah. man. Probably one of my favorite interviews ever. We've talked, we've literally talked about this for, for years. years. Years we years. talked. We got to get Paul Balash on the yeah. show one day. It finally happens. You know, um, uh, we're coming up on our 200th episode. Yep. And so I've been trying to go back because we've been talking about maybe sharing some highlights, some yeah, of our great, favorite moments. Greatest hits. And another guest I think we really need to try to get on the podcast is Miriam Gibby. Because we oh, talked about yeah, that over and over that. and over and over again. No, we haven't ever gotten her in here. So yeah, Miriam to... Gibby was our, uh, Dave and I went to um, the same Bible college together, Multnomah Bible College. She was the director of the music department. And, uh, uh, you know, we had choir and different classes. And uh, she was very instrumental in some of my training as a worship pastor and David's as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we've been talking about this interview for a long time. So we've actually got two episodes. Yep. Where you're going to hear from Paul. The first one is today is going to be on on worship leading, and share some really good information. Some not I mean not just kind of surfacey, you know, get up and no. stand in front of people and sing and you know, you know but like really legit uh, foundational information. Right. Like I I felt as if I was having um you know like you go to a a conference, you go to like a a, a worship leader conference or a worship conference. I felt like I was having like a one-on-one private conference. It's like to, private coaching with Paul like Balash. Private coaching with Paul Balash. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, maybe future career for Paul Balash. He can he can just do one-on-one coaching private sessions coaching. over Skype. Charge like a thousand dollars an hour. Or something. Charge whatever he wants. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So you'll want to uh, uh, for sure make sure um, next to listen to next week's episode as well because it's equally as good next week. Uh, um, we're gonna be talking about songwriting. Um, but yeah, the, this is just such a great episode and, and we got to make sure to plug his upcoming album, yeah, the ultimate collection, Paul Balash ultimate collection, yep. February 16th. You can pre-order, we believe, uh, probably not just iTunes, but maybe Amazon. Oh yeah. And, yeah. Uh, get on there get a, yeah. Pre-order but, uh, on that. Pre-order that. Well. And as you're going to hear us talk, you'll we'll say this over and over again, but, but all of the songs on there are great songs that we should probably Gold. be doing in our churches. So golden. Without further ado, we're going to, instead of doing a great big long introduction like typical, we're going to jump right into the interview because I know you're probably just as excited to get to it as we were to have it. So here is part one of our interview with Paul Blosh. Well, we are thrilled to have, uh, this is a guest we've actually talked a lot about of, a a lot about on the podcast and um, we have such a, a high level of respect for this guy. 
uh, uh, that's going to be a real a real treat, at least for us. Uh, for us, for you know, and and the listeners. <laughs> yes, and the listeners. Everyone. But, but uh, we've talked a lot about Paul Balash over the years on the podcast, and so we are very thrilled to have you on the podcast today, Paul. Welcome. Thank you, thank you, Dave and Dave. It's, Kevin, it's the Kevin, da- Kevin and oh, Dave. Ke- Kevin Not and Dave. Dave. Sorry, Kevin. That's uh, sorry. No worries. That's okay. That's the uh, back when we interviewed uh, Phillips, Craig, and Dean. I kept calling Dan, Craig. Yeah, sure. It's very so. confusing. <laughs> so, well, I thought I was calling Kevin uh, when my Skype said Dave, David. So it must have been yours, David. So. Yeah, I'm David. He's the David. I'm, but you know, we're we're both good looking. So David uh, is my uh, David is the name of my only begotten son. Oh. Um, I don't think that's. Uh, I think that's actually literal. That's not blasphemous, is it, to say that? <laughs> I I don't think so. No. But uh, uh, yeah, David, my son, uh, yeah, David Belosh, as he goes by, he's a he teaches high school and in, in the in Brooklyn, and uh, but he did a project last year called Labyrinth, hmm. which was a beautiful sort of scripture project, beautiful music. David Belosh. But I grew up in Philly where they say, hey, Paul Balash, how you doing? Huh? <laughs> so, hey, since you brought it up, Paul, great controversy on how exactly to say your last name. Because I've heard it half a dozen ways. Yeah. For the official record, tell us. All right. So my grandparents came over from uh, Paris. They were raised in an orphanage there. So in France, if you go there, it's Baloche. Uh, Baloche. Um, but when my... My father and my mother ended up in Philadelphia. That's where they met, raised a family. I just think it got Americanized. And it was like, hey, Bull Balash, how you doing, huh? <laughs> and everything just kind of like Phillyized, right. <laughs> Philadelphia. So um, how would Rocky say it, you know? So uh, that's what we always did, Paul Balash, Paul Balash, and my father. But my kids, they- both of them uh, finished uh, school. My my youngest is a, has a master's in French, and she teaches in Queens, um, in Queens, right outside of Brooklyn, and um, they go by Beloche, David Beloche. <laughs> so, bottom line is, though, man, it's too late for me. I think I'm just Beloche. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's Paul Beloche, is what radio people <laughs> say. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. And and you, right now, you're in New York, correct? I am. But yes, you, sir. Like you moved there, sorry. not too long ago from Texas, right? Am I remembering That's right? That? That's right. 26 years in Texas, same church, same neighborhoods, same, you know, uh, and for those listening, some of you have may have heard me say these things many times on other podcasts, perhaps, or live. So forgive me the repetition, but these are just the facts, ma'am. Mm-hmm. The facts are we were in Texas all those years and loved it. And, um, just loved being in that local church. And that's where everything kind of, that was the foundation and the root of everything that we did being in that church. And then, um, a few years ago, you know, all our kids grew up and they gravitated to the Northeast and two of them ended up in New York city. So it just seemed like a right time, uh, the right time uh, in our church. It was in a healthy place to just kind of hand that over to the next generation while it was uh, in in a good place. And with blessing on both sides, we just uh, parted ways and we, my wife and I moved to New York city and to a little one bedroom uh, apartment. Hmm. And, uh, Man, now I'm just trying to find a place to put all those guitars that I had when I lived. 
when you had all those empty rooms. And, um, yeah, I was going to say space, space is probably a lot more limited in New York than it is in Texas. Am I right? Truly is. That's why I'm doing this interview with you in our walk-in closet. <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm surrounded by all our clothes. Basically, so it's actually good sound absorption. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, but yeah, uh, you were a worship leader for a long time at a church. You stayed at that church for you said twenty six years, and um, I was just talking with Kevin yesterday, kind of patting him on the back. He's been at the same church for twelve years, and I would I would like to hear from you. You know, as we kind of delve into leading worship. Um, what do you think are some of the benefits of being at a place for a long tenure like that? Because it's not real common in our world today. A lot of worship leaders kind of pop around, and I think we could maybe learn from you in that. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm going to try to refrain from saying, you know, everybody should do that. Um, and I know you're not saying that either. Um, in our case, I think it was before worship leader, quote unquote, was even a I mean, now it's looked upon almost as a career path somewhat, a ministry career path, which is not terrible in its in and of itself. I mean, there's a lot of young people coming up in the ranks and going off to university and getting um, educated in worship and music and because there's a need for skillful leaders of worship. So, you know, that's all good. That's all good. But back in the day, we were just drawn there because of uh, Keith Green's ministry uh, last days ministries. And, uh, so Keith and Melody Green, Keith was gone, but Melody was keeping it going. And my wife and I moved there and we just, we did youth with a mission stuff. We did some other missions stuff. And I just plugged into the local church, started playing guitar until they asked me if I, Hey, would you put a few songs together for next week? Kind of thing. And little by little, that's how I started leading worship. And, so, you know, why did we stay there? It just seemed like spiritually, uh, once our, for us, we built such strong relationships with other team members and church members, of course, but our, our worship team just became like our small group, eternal small group, if you will, that are, they all had, or not all, but a lot of them had kids about our age and we were all just doing life together and, uh, and just the extension of that was just being on the worship team and Thursday night rehearsals and kids running around eating pizza and spilling Pepsis all over the carpet. And, <laughs> you know, uh, but it was just doing life together. And as the kids got in the school and all that, um, it just seemed like, wow, this is really working for for us as a family and our hearts. And then around that time, I would get invitations to um not only itinerant ministry things, which I was happy to do and started doing some recordings with Integrity Music and Maranathi Music, but, um, you know, some larger churches, if you will, sort of made offers to come and be a worship pastor. And um, um, it, were, it was tempting and wouldn't have been a terrible thing. Um, it was really a, a blessing to like, wow, I just never thought of it that way. Like, actually, you're going to pay this salary and you're going to health benefits and a right. car allowance. What? <laughs> it's just like, we'd never thought about ministry in that way. And, uh, but it was, it was cool. And we prayed about it and just never felt a release. Even when some of our friends thought we were nuts because <laughs> they're like, uh, hello, uh, you're at this little church in East Texas. Hello. Um, but no regrets, man. It was just good to just hang in there with a bunch of people through the ups and the downs and the church splits and the, 
and the healthy times and the not so healthy times and the this revival movement and then the fallout from that, et cetera, et cetera, man. Um, you know, looking back, it was just, you know, we hung in there like just when you're like on an airplane and you're going through turbulence and you just like buckle up your seatbelt extra hard and hang on to your, to your seat. And you're just like, Oh, I hope we can make it through. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So boom, years later, the, the fruit, that is um, rich, deep friendships. Um, the fruit of that is, uh, I don't know, that'd be a good article maybe, the fruit of faithfulness, or although that sounds self-congratulatory, but <laughs> I don't mean it to be. I just mean the fruit of staying in one place. You know, you just, to watch children be born, and then 20 years later, to be up front at the sanctuary, praying them out as they go off to college, their first week of college, you know, like just watching that, watching these lives uh, spring up and watching these faithful couples as they would get older. And so eventually someone would die and, you know, just to celebrate that person's life that you knew really well. And um, anyway, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> that was great. And, and I think to your point, Paul, that I did the fruitfulness, right? Um, you know, I've been at my church for 12 years in the role as the worship pastor there and you kind of see this, uh, for me, the benefit has been seeing people kind of develop in their faith, seeing people even develop musically. Uh, I have people who joined the worship team, you know, I kind of recruited them when I first got there. They've been on the worship team now 10 or more plus years, and you mm. see them developing, you see them, you know, mm. their character develop, their music, music musicianship develop. You know, good, you see these good. things develop, which I, I think there's some wonderful joys in that, right? Yes, indeed. Indeed. It's something you can't buy on Amazon. <laughs> you can't Google it. It's it's real life, man. It's real life. It's God stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, yeah. Kevin and I have both heard you at a conference at one time or another. I was up in uh, close to Seattle. Renton, I think, is where it was at uh, Overlake okay. Christian Church and they had a big worship conference there for years. I think they probably still do, but um, I took my worship team at the time from our church and we went up and uh, several of us went through your track and just listened to you teach on on worship leading. And some of the things that you taught then are still principles. We are. I'm still teaching now to our worship team and Wow. Uh, especially kind of in the vein of spontaneous worship, which I know is something that a lot of people kind of struggle with because it's one thing to play the notes of a song. Right. It's another thing to go off of that script and and be able to effectively lead people in uh, some worship. So would you mind just sharing with us a few tips of, of how to lead in, in the spontaneous worship moments in our services? Um, sure. David, that's a good question. I mean, my brief hesitancy is there's some of these concepts that I've pondered over the last few years of how do we transfer these concepts? Because they're not, it's not really a technique per se that I can say, here's, you know, technique one, two, and three, and boom, spontaneous worship. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's more of uh, some of that authentic spontaneous worship has to come from 
a heart that over time is building a, star, a strong foundation in the Word of God. You're memorizing Scripture. Uh, a few times during the week, hopefully you're opening up the Psalms, the vocabulary of worship, and you're you're memorizing little passages that sound worshipful and prayerful, and you're, you're getting it off the page into your heart, and you speak it out loud, and maybe sing that out loud, Psalm 92. It is good to praise you, Lord. And make music to your name. And like that would be a way to start just to, and initially it might feel awkward, but that would be training wheels of like, all right, I'm going to push through the awkwardness. I'm going to be in the sanctuary by myself on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday when no one's there. I'm going to open up my Psalms and I may walk around, or sometimes I used to like to actually be on the microphone, turn on the PA system to hear my voice in the church, believe it or not, because there was something. Uh, I felt like as you would do that, as um, it, it kind of built the spiritual ownership in a sense. You you sort of built the spiritual authority, not something that, again, it's a God thing. You can't really buy it. You can't purchase it. It's just sort of, uh, so when I say, uh, so anyway, but here's the practical thing is just show up either on a mic or just in the sanctuary or in your living room and just Find these passages, read through some Psalms, and really highlight or write out in a journal some of the ones that are very, um, they sound prayerful or first person, talking to God, or take something about God and just turn a couple uh, words around so that it's to the Lord. So um, hmm. maybe you could take Psalm 95, you know, I, the Bible says, come let us sing for joy to the Lord. Lord, I, I've come to sing for joy to you. I will shout aloud to the rock of my salvation. I come before you with thanksgiving and extol you with music and song. And then maybe put a melody to that. Uh, Psalm 103, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And don't forget all his benefits. I mean, that's terrible. But my point is, you want to get in this childlike state of, of heart and mind. where an a non-self-conscious so you don't want anybody else around. So you can just kind of like be free to sing out that phrase. Oh, yeah. And then as you do this privately, over the next two to three months, there'll be moments perhaps after song number three or song number four. And you just linger on that one chord. The song just ended. And then there's a part of you that just there's maybe a phrase in that song or there's a scripture. Let's say I just ended uh, your name and it's like. Glorify, let's say, glorify your name. Whatever key that is, I just was in three keys. Glorify your name. That's the one. And I'm thinking about a scripture that has your name. So as the band finishes that, and I'm just finger picking on the guitar, I might be like, uh, Oh, your name. Oh, your name is a strong and mighty tower. So Proverbs 18, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run to it and are saved. I mean, this is so all one note melody. You can be a little more creative and I try to be at times, but <laughs> that's great. That would be like baby steps, learning how to just stick your big toe in this thing called spontaneous worship. But from the inside out, it starts from the inside getting uh, Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And then out of that will come psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Mm -hmm. we, we may add spontaneous songs, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, 
So, you know, that's just one. Yeah, I, I do a whole thing. Uh, you can probably find it online or I have it on my website, but just um, uh, ministry to the Lord. I've done that at many conferences, like cultivating this. What I'm describing is more ministry to the Lord, which is found in First Chronicles 16, where they would go into the sanctuary, the Levites, and they would minister to God, not to the people. So I, I find that if you do that privately, it starts to become a little easier. And the other thing I'll say quickly is, then with your team, once you're kind of a bit more comfortable with this, even we're talking, you may do it for 15 seconds. You may do it 30 seconds at the end of a song one Sunday. Don't overdo it so that it freaks out your leadership and your pastor. <laughs> you know, just baby steps. Just like, but as you do it privately, oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me. And then you could say, sometimes that's where songs came from for me. I'd say, hey, guys, we're, I don't know, just to be spontaneous, would you mind if we just sang that? Let's try to sing that little phrase together. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me. All right, let's try that again, church. Here we go. Bless the Lord. And all of a sudden, we'd be singing this new little chorus. Mm which many times that was it. <laughs> we never sang it again. Other times I would do that and part of my brain would go, huh, man, I'm going to remember this and later this week try to maybe mess with that and worship with that. Maybe that could, that sounds like that could become a, a song that we sing someday in our church. Mm-hmm. So On, that's a bit of songwriting. Yeah, yeah good. Okay. Yeah, uh, uh, thank you. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say on the, uh, the next episode, we're going to talk to you about songwriting and we definitely want to hear about your new upcoming uh, kind of greatest hits album before um, before we do that because we have uh, about five minutes left I want to make sure to I want to make sure to hear from you one of the things um, that really encouraged me I was at a conference of yours you talked about the role of the worship leader and there's the pastoral role and the, the priestly role and the prophetic role. Can you talk about those roles of a worship leader real quick? Yes, yes. And and just the very, if I may, just the, the, the second baby step would be as you get more comfortable as the leader in spontaneous worship, then at your rehearsal with your team, if you kind of sense uh, after song three or four you, or after or four and five, you think to yourself, hey, guys, or ladies and gentlemen of my worship team, uh, there could be a moment here, a quote-unquote moment, like literally, I use those words, hey, there could be a moment here when we're, at, when, they're, when we're at that place in the set, and so let's practice a little bit of what that might feel like, and so I, it's what I would call practiced spontaneity. So, do you know what I mean, David? So when, when your team gets there, they're not freaking out like, uh... Uh, what are we doing? Uh, this we didn't we didn't practice this, you know. It's like, oh, oh, right, yeah. He he said that this this is something that we might do once in a while. Mm-hmm. So, you've already practiced with them. Like, let's stay on the one chord or do a one chord to a four over one, and relax it musically. You don't have to be nervous and busy, but just keep it simple. But just create a musical bed, can't a musical canvas, if you will, that maybe. Uh, uh, sort of uh, allows for a spontaneous little melody on top of that. Yeah. So that's all. That's all I wanted to say was those are the two that's practical good. steps I would do. All right, let's quickly. So, uh, yeah, the priestly role, you know, in five minutes, again, First Chronicles 16, 
Dean read through that. Their got their job. The Levites was to go into the sanctuary and to essentially, depending on the translation, but to give thanks, praise the Lord, pronounce blessing over the people. Uh, other translations, it implies almost like an intercession. So you spend time each week, if you can, alone or maybe with a, uh, you know, a kindred spirit, somebody who, who you feel like you can totally be yourself around. And you're just ministering to the Lord. You're singing some of these choruses to the Lord. You're you're speaking psalms out loud to the Lord. There's no one else there. You're, it's it's the invisible God. Like, are you willing to do that? And it, but it will transform your public worship, leading, because then the second part would be the pastoral role, and that is where we are appropriately concerned and about how we can help others worship. That's our that's our role. If we had to just bottom line it, you know, as a pastor, as a worship pastor, and I do prefer that over worship leader without, you know, making a big deal about it. But pastor implies sort of a, a caretaker. I, I always throw this out like your, your favorite uncle or your favorite aunt, like picture your favorite aunt or uncle in your family. Right. My big fat Greek wedding, you know, that kind of like, hey, how's it going? You're like in your own personality. What, what that sort of warmth and that sort of like they were happy to see you. And and so I think if we can convey that in your own personality, even if you're a melancholy, you know, you can exude that sense of I care about these human beings in front of me, not this congregational blob of people, but that couple there and that that teenager there and that senior citizen couple and that that young family there who just went and you know a little bit about their story, just a little bit when you see their face. You think, ah, all of a sudden there's a supernatural empathy that you pray to God for. Say, God, you know, like the, the song is, break my heart for what breaks yours. Mm-hmm. So instead of being intimidated by our people or nervous about your pitch or whether you break a string, perfect love casts out fear. All of a sudden you're thinking about them. You're looking mm-hmm. at their faces. And just in a flash of a second, you know a little bit of their story that last year she went through a cancer treatments and so far so good. And she's doing all right. And. And you're like, Lord, just continue to give her grace and strength. And, and then you see that teenager that went through an addiction problem and was in, you know, kind of a rehab. And you're like, Lord, I just lift up Tommy to you. Lord, just keep him strong, God. And that's the pastoral thing is you carry some of these people in your heart during the week when you step on the platform on Sunday and you look out and see those faces. Something changes in you and in the room. Even though it looks the same, you know, same guitars and amps and people, and, but spiritually it affects the atmosphere. And yet it's, this is not a technique. You don't know when that atmosphere is going to be changed. It's a God thing that as we humble ourselves, we come before him, we spend time in the sanctuary. Then it's like he at some point you'll sense like a favor of the Lord. Uh, we use these words favor, anointing, um, his grace, his strength, his authority, you know, you'll just sense something different. And, but it's kind of like, if, if you will, then, you know, and he will, if any man will follow after me, it's a lot of it is contingent on if we're just willing to show up. And, um, so the priestly, the pastoral, and then the last is the, uh, the prophetic, which is, you know, very briefly, just the, the ability to, to acquire, uh, to to get better at discerning that still small voice of the Lord as you're leading. 
That's what I mean by prophetic. So not just so we go from being a song leader, which is okay for a season of time, but don't be content with that. Believe that there is more. There is an opportunity where you're more of a you're a vessel that the Lord is using in that moment to create an environment that makes it easy for people to connect with God. And as you're as you grow in your sensitivity to the Spirit, you begin to take these little 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 risks once in a while like just pausing after that third song maybe or or you, you just feel compelled to just look at the keyboard player hey can you just keep that chord going for a minute and you say hey hey church now we just sang this profound thing and before we move on i think it's really important we just drive it home into our souls that every blessing you've poured out god i turn back to praise and in the when the darkness closes in still i will say i mean Whatever you're walking through this morning, can, can let's say that to the Lord. God, blessed be your name. Mm. If you're on a mountaintop or if you're, and all of a sudden you're thinking to yourself, I hadn't planned on saying that, but there's like this, you'll, you'll get like a spiritual hunch, if you will. And uh, t- to begin to act on some of those, I think is the prophetic. So the priestly, the pastoral, and the prophetic. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's the 10 minute verse. Wow, that's, that's really good. <laughs> no, that, that is good. Paul, thank you so much for sharing about worship leading. Now, like I said, in our next episode, uh, for those listening, you're going to want to stick around next week. We're going to hear about uh, Paul sharing about songwriting, uh, his upcoming album. Real quick before we let you go here, can you um, just give a little brief overview of this upcoming album, what it is, what it's called, what it's all about? Thanks. Well, Integrity Music very kindly decided to uh, collate what they considered sort of my best songs over the years, the last 25 years. And um, so it's called The Ultimate Collection. Wow, ultimate. <laughs> it's a bit, perhaps a bit presumptuous, but um, <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm grateful. And those are, for some reason, those are the 15 songs that have most resonated with the church worldwide. And uh, so it's cool to have them all in one project. And uh you know, it's interesting for me to sort of watch that journey of the last 28 years, actually, that I've been a, a writer with Integrity Music. That's crazy. I remember 1992, signing up. I was living in a mobile home, <laughs> living in a van down by the river. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, I've, you know, been with them, uh, just appreciated their impact on worship around the world over the years. But um, anyway, thank you. Yeah, Ultimate Collection, it comes out. I think February 16th, it might be pre-order now on iTunes or whatever, but uh, thanks. Very cool. Yeah, yeah and uh, Kevin and I were going through that list uh, a couple of days ago, and it's just, I mean, it's like the most jam-packed, yeah. amazing worship songs <laughs> that I, I think that really... It's it's was, pretty incredible. Yeah. On the next episode, uh, I want to make sure to talk about our church and the songs from the album that we do on the church. Cause as I was going through it, I'm like, Oh, we do that one. We do that. <laughs> it's pretty oh, awesome. Yeah. Paul, thank you so much for your time for joining us on this episode. My pleasure. Thanks gentlemen. We'll see you. Uh, talk to you next week. <laughs> Man, couldn't, couldn't you just listen to him talk all yeah. day? <laughs> Yeah, it's like, we should just call him back and see if he wants to just keep talking. Like, hey, you got another hour? <laughs> Record a few yeah, more episodes? You, you don't have anything. You're not a busy guy, I'm sure. Yeah. Know. But, um, yeah, uh, really, like, I'm glad you asked the question. Um, 
where he shared about you know the three the yeah, three pieces the pastoral the, the, priest, the priestly the pastoral, and the prophetic, the prophetic. Um, mm-hmm. that's a great I, I I remember him saying that at a conference I went to years ago and it always stuck with me uh, like how serious the role of a worship pastor mm-hmm. is you know um and it's not just like you're not just a, a song leader you're not just a guy who's up there playing a guitar and you know on the morning of like oh let's let's do this song this you know let's let's do these songs you know it's like you are you're pastoral you're caring for people you know you're you're, you're priestly you're ministering to the lord mm-hmm. you're prophetic you're you're understanding the needs of what's happening in your church and you're you're anticipating that and you're ministering to that right yeah, and, I, and i liked how you know it had a very servant-hearted approach which he's going to share more about in the songwriting episode but um I, I liked how he just kind of did that mental picture where he talked about the people in your church and think about, you know, think about the young couple or <clears throat> the single, the single person, the senior citizens and, and, you know, yeah, the um, person that has cancer, right. the person that, and, and, you know, and, and he said, carry them with you throughout the week, you know, kind of carry their, carry their life with you essentially throughout the week. So that when you come before them on a Sunday, it's, that's a, a part of your worship leading is, is th- taking that into account, you know. I also like the idea where he talked about, you know, going into uh, the sanctuary and, you know, just, uh, j- you know, just playing, uh, you know, when he was talking about that spontaneous mm-hmm. thing, you know, singing and playing and even turning on the sound system. What does it sound like? Um, mm-hmm. uh, one thing he didn't say um, when we were doing our interview, but I remember him saying at one of those conferences I was at was, um, actually schedule time in your calendar, say from 10 to 1030, uh, I'm going to go into the sanctuary. Um, you know, because for me, I, I know personally, unless I actually s- schedule it, because it's a great idea, right? But but I'll never do it just on a great idea. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I should really go in the sanctuary right. and, and do that. But no, like put on your schedule. Hey, I don't have anything at 10 o'clock. The sanctuary is open. I mean, I mean, no one's in the sanctuary is what I mean. Right. And I'm just going to go spend a half hour in there and yeah. I'm going to sing. I'm going to pray. I'm going to walk around with my Bible. Uh, I'm going to sit at the piano. Maybe I'm going to turn on the sound system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like put that in your calendar once a week to just kind of do that and, and get that that process of, uh, you know, that that pastoral, priestly, prophetic process, but also mm-hmm. that spontaneous thing right. as well. Yeah, and one of the things that he said at, at the conference that uh, he talked a little bit about it, but he, he said to sing your prayers and then... Um, pray song, pray the song. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, pray through the song lyrics, you know, the, the ideas you were just singing and then also and then sing, sing prayers. your prayers. Yeah, and, that's cool. Um, and then singing the Psalms. And that's a big part of which he obviously, he did that right for us. I know, it's <laughs> just, like we got a little so, concert. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, awesome. but to do that, which I also really deeply appreciated was, you know, you, you, you have to get alone with God. You have to let the truths of God, the, the Psalms, you know, the, the lyrical content of, of our, you know, of our uh, communion with God saturate deep into your, and, you know, he would just, he was, I didn't see him that he had a Bible open, you know, he's just, he knows these from his heart yeah. and he's singing through what he knows in his heart. Yeah. And, he, yeah he's, and, and that, that's what was, uh, I really appreciate about his heart. He's, um, he's, he's a guy who is, uh, he's all about the word of God. Mm-hmm. He, he lives the word of God. He sings the word of God. Um, great interview. And I said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You know, yep. that's, you know, let it be so deeply rooted in you that it, that, that is what comes out. Yep. So uh, really great content. Um, you can find Paul at leadworship.com. Go, uh, make sure you go pre-order his album, Paul Belosh or Belosh, depending on if you're talking uh. to him or his kids. <laughs> um, 
but uh, go pre-order the album. And like, like he's going to talk about in the next episode, he's getting ready to do a lead worship tour, conferences and that stuff through the eastern part of the country, eastern Canada, maybe into western Canada, some other states. So uh, you can get on leadworship.com and find out where, where he's, he's going to be, be. Yep. and uh, schedule a time to go check him out. But that's all we have for this episode. Yeah, make sure to come back next week. Uh, you do not want to miss next week's episode with Paul Balash when we uh, continue on our interview with him, part two, talking about songwriting. Yeah. So uh, you can find us online, worshipministrycatalyst.com, facebook.com slash worshipministrycatalyst, twitter.com slash wmcatalyst. You can send an email to kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. And you can leave a voicemail message if you like, 360-818-4339. This will be totally irrelevant to our listeners, but Kevin and I yesterday were talking about our new phone, a new phone setup that I got in my office, and it uses Google Voice. And so I actually have our Worship Ministry Catalyst Google Voice number on that phone. So if wow. you call, you might actually, you might actually, I might it. actually answer. <laughs> it might ring to your desk phone, and you yeah. might actually be there. And yeah. Answer. So, uh, so uh, if you want to, if you've always wanted to talk to this guy, then you're you're welcome to call that That's number. That's funny. But. Uh, Leave a, leave a voicemail there, too, if I don't answer, and we'll uh, play that on the episode. And uh, we appreciate your reviews on iTunes. That helps a lot of people know what the podcast is about and how to find it and so on and so forth. So thanks for listening for all these years. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. 